0: There you'll be able to find our schedule with our upcoming masterclass for you to join. On with today's show. Hey, Marketing Rebels. It's Fab here, your marketing BFF and head teacher at Old Marketing School, a modern school teaching you how to market two hearts. And together each week, we'll share the new freshest tactics, insights and news that you simply can't mix. And today I'm joined by the one and only Becca Holloway. Hi, Bex. How do you like my new introduction, please? And thank you.
1: Hello. Hello. I love it. Very, uh, very perfect. Very podcasty. We like it. I don't know. There's a podcast that I love.
0: Is, I'm going to explain the reason beyond the madness. There's a podcast that I love, which everybody can laugh. It's called Stay Relevant. To Sam Thompson and P Wigs. Oh you know what? God, I love You know it. I listen to it all the time. So completely <laughs> random. Like, because I don't watch TOWIE, I don't watch Made in Chelsea, but Say. but they're great. I mean, if the, if they're listening, which they're not, yes, guys, we're shouting out at you, which is completely relevant for a marketing podcast, but I'm okay. And um, they're not the only one, but there's one of the podcasts where I'm like, people know who they are. they still, every single week, they kind of do a bit of a, you know, framing of what's yeah. going on. And I think it's nice because Obviously, every week we talk about news and bits and bobs and what's happening and I got different people coming in and I assume that we are the dear loyal listeners and I see you and I thank you and you know what the hell is going to happen and you're, you're signed up for the madness. But I'm like, if you don't, why not mentioning for about 15 seconds what this is about? So basically, Sam and Pete explained us. Uh, I'm just so glad that this is another thing that we have in common and not just six oh and all this random shizzle
1: is also <laughs> wakes and Sam Thompson. I'm really having to not play Sims at the moment because I feel like I'm in the frame of mind where if I opened it, a week would disappear. And I, you can see me, you'd be like, Becca, where have you gone? I'd be like, oh, sorry, Simming. There was one meme which every possible Sim lover will
0: relate to and everybody else will think I'm mad. And I want to see, no, I can't find it right now, but let me see if I get into my brain palace. It was something along the lines, there's a little Kermit the frog. I don't know (laughs) if anybody can see it. Kermit the Frog, looking outside the window, like with a little sad face, right? So if you can see in your in your brain, that's it. And it says, you know, my sim family looking at me after I decide to, you know, let the go of them forever, move away, let them be and start a new sim family. Oh, so it's like, stop. you know, like the, the moments when I'm like, I'm done with you. I'm never going to go back to you. I'm going to let you live your sim life. And I'm now going to go and start a whole new family story and a whole new lot and a whole new kind of adventure. So that made me laugh. thought I was going to cry about sims then. Just
1: quite savage, leaving them forever. We're done here. Next. That's what happens if
0: you're a sim lover. That's what will happen. At some point, you might go back. And then if you have Sims 4, and then I'll stop doing this, by the way. If you have Sims 4, then you also (laughs) figure out that they will start growing and they will keep on growing, which means the people that you might have seen will have died because (laughs) their son now is an adult and they are dead. So that's savage. But now has savage. Are some of the things that happened this week. This is the weirdest segue I've ever done. <laughs> You're welcome, everybody. This week I'm on fire, and it's not mainly because I'm tired. <laughs> this week I'm on fire. So talking about savagery, a lot has been happening. But I love that you started with no one has a clue on what's going on on X. So please, please back up. Please elaborate. Let's tell yeah. the
1: savage. Yeah, no one, no one has. Any idea what is going on with X? And you guessed it—it's because of our. I was going to say our good old friend, but let's the, not a friend, not a friend at all. Elon Musk. We all know what he's done to the platform, and basically, it's really interesting because nobody knows what's going on in terms of the performance. So whether you're running a campaign, or using ads, or whether you've got organic content out, you can obviously still see how your performance is doing, but how the the landscape is doing as it were. Who knows? Which has brought up some very interesting conversations for me when I talk to clients and they're like, should we be posting? Should we not? And honestly, my answer is no, because of this exact reason. There is no, we've got no concept of the potential or lack of potential, which more so is. And also, there was a stat that said ad revenue has decreased by 50%, which I think tells us a lot of <laughs> what we need to know so yeah that that was one piece of news I saw this week where I went, Pum! and I have to say I think we called it like we do we put on one of our hats when this whole change started happening and this it's quite although it's bad in some respect because I would genuinely like to know what's going on on the other hand I'm like well, people like us who work in social who need that like nitty gritty information to be able to make informed decisions we're not going to get it we hold the influence really and who's going to run campaigns what brands are going to put their campaigns on there how much money they might put into ads and if we're not satisfied that's not going to happen so basically imagine the um what's the gif or the meme with the little dog in the fire and it's just burning kind of feels like that that is or twitter because it's still always going to be twitter isn't it
0: i think that's going to be one of the things it's almost like people that actually love the platform are going to think about it as twitter and then just be like the before times almost <laughs> uh, if i may i, I love that you use them um, uh the little dog in the in the in the fiery office because that's literally the office on fire emoji and i'm oh, sorry emoji gif that's one of my favorite ones because i Harry Soften so with his like um implied sense of doom and despair. I just use <laughs> it without saying anything else. And now actually I'm gonna use a controversial point, controversial hat on, even if today I'm wearing a beanie, everybody. A new look, a new podcast look. Um controversial hat on. We you just said that. However, I'm wondering whether a platform like Threads oh. that actually is not gonna subscribe to messages, apparently. They said no DMs, which is interesting. That. I don't see really putting any insights in their purviews and even has done other bits and bobs of different kind of updates, which you can tell us about in a minute. But Threads, I don't see necessarily focusing so much on insights and so much on that kind of traffic. And kind of a part of me likes that. A part of me doesn't care if Threads is not necessarily doing that much out of that because I'm more interested in the conversations that I can have. Am I mad? And if yes or no, how would you then reach that when it comes to adding it to your strategy? Should you? Should you not? Should you just use it literally for what it is? You know, based on what you just said.
1: Yeah, it's a good point. I think with threads, I feel like although not everyone is convinced about using it, it has a much better reputation. And because it's part of the Metaverse metasphere, and from time to time there are updates about Instagram usage and Facebook usage I think maybe we just don't have it yet I would expect perhaps definitely as we definitely as we go to next year us to get a little bit more about I, I don't know because there's lots of chatter at the moment like oh hashtags on the horizon so maybe we'll see things like that like the biggest trends on threads next year but I also think it's just the, the almost like the responsibility of how it's being run so with x or twitter it just feels like a very high risk strategy especially if you're going to run ads because everything that elon musk does doesn't feel very strategic it kind of depends what the weather is that day will affect you know your whole campaign and if users could even log in some of the time feels like whereas threads basically there's a lot more hoops to jump through if they were either going to get rid of it or if they were going to change it like substantially we would hear about it uh you know there'd be a video going hey here's what we're going to do i feel like there's more of a relationship between threads and users or even just instagram which i feel like people are still instagram is the go to first let's be honest or threads so that and i think it's interesting you make the point about messages because i think it won't be long before we see dms in threads becoming a bigger thing so I read something earlier and it was about you can be able to control where your threads are seen. So sometimes when you log into Instagram, you might see like thread previews. That's also on Facebook, but you're going to be able to control if you want that to happen. So I think in my notes, I was like, your aunt's cousin's sister's best friend doesn't have to see in threads if you don't want them to. But I think part of that, and also I don't know if I might be just late to the party on this, but threads is now available on desktop. So that to me, setting it up as like almost creative studio vibes you know you can sit there you can do your thing you do it properly and i i don't know although they've not said it yet i feel like we're going towards a sort of twitter-esque setup on desktop and the natural next step for that would be have your messages integrated and i think that would make a lot of people feel better both from a kind of creator and consumer's perspective, but also brands might be able to leverage that as well. But then I'm wondering, again,
0: controversial, how again, oh, this controversial hat is, is huge. Like, I have literally a huge, kind of like a, like a sun hat. And, but then I'm wondering then if Threads actually can help, though, yes, like links as well, let's be honest, but also I redirect to Instagram and I think that's like that connection as well can be really powerful. Even if now you can um delete your Threads account without affecting your Instagram, which is nice. Thanks, yes. everybody. So there are little things that are happening. But I'm wondering, you know, if threads actually can be a great way to then link back to Instagram and it can actually be a discoverability for Instagram and plain devil's advocate thinking about especially like um, creators or freelancers or even social media managers, isn't it better to have one centralized kind of inbox? So part of me would be like, wouldn't it make sense instead, dear Adam, if you're listening? Uh, or Zaki or whoever, would it make more sense than to have an option for threads to kind of almost like if you wanted to DM some like a quick DM and it will be you to Instagram? Would it be too much of a push? Would it be too much of a UX and UI uh, mad hatter sort of solution? Or would it actually make more sense because then you can just find people where the app? That's my only thing. Would you want to duplicate DMs oh, in no. that way? You know, another place to look for your DMs. I already struggle with TikTok ones. Oops. I barely keep up with the other ones. And LinkedIn ones are only getting busier and busier as well. So that that will be my controversial slash kind of like devil's advocate think about the DM side of things. I don't yeah. know how I feel about that.
1: No, I think it's a very good point. I, I feel like there'd have to be, I don't know, maybe the way that the Instagram inbox works at the moment where you can kind of categorize if it's someone you have message before or if it's completely random like request and it's general so on maybe there'd be a tab for threads or maybe just something like you say the interface what would happen it could be had the potential to be very messy but i don't know i feel like it is, it's it's you know what it's really tricky because i'm trying to think from the perspective of what do they want us to do when we're on threads do they want us to hit the reply button and start a thread or Is there going to be this encouragement to like, yeah, slide into DMs, carry on the conversation? Maybe maybe they won't. Maybe the whole point is going to be have it kind of publicly, as it were, in threads. Plus, I suppose, this is my cynical hat going on. If they did that and and didn't do DMs, then all the engagement on threads would be on threads out there. So all of that data. So, oh, look, we've had this many engagements and so on and so on. They could then shout about that. and. Be like this is why you need to come to threads and use our platform and not use other ones so many hats so many so many (laughs) options so many thoughts and actually based on what you just said then i'm thinking
0: about the hashtags that have been potentially looked at as an extra development which again goes back to the discoverability piece so if threads really is as a platform is more about discoverability and that kind of engagement that is as you say, public instead of engagement in the DMs because, you know, you want to really do one thing and do it well, which hopefully some people are starting to learn that that would be a good idea. Um, then I can see that, you know, the platform is doing a bit of like a testing experience, which if anything means that they've seen a bit of a resurgence after everybody was like, they're dead. First was a great idea and he's now dead. And it was like, no, wait, they're back. Uh, I mean, I'm not happy about the reasons why it's back because it means that other, other platforms are slowly decaying. But there is like a thinking piece on my end and just be like, you know, is this kind of like an idea to make threads that discoverability piece and allowing people to actually be seen more, even with just things like hashtags and that kind of more public engagement instead of bringing people back into that private, which I love in some ways. But also, is that one too many places to do that right now? You know?
1: Yeah. The- it's hard. I was just thinking about how it, like the last time I opened threads and said something, because I do have the occasional scroll, but honestly, I, I think I've actually reclaimed some time, you know, since, because I used to be a big scroller. Yeah. Right. On, on Twitter. And for a while I didn't know what to do. I was like, well, I don't want to go on Twitter. So what am I going to do? And was just going to like bounce around all of the apps. But now I think I've actually just stopped which is good. That's uh, personal progress. However, back to the point, I yeah, it is interesting how if people who maybe tried threads at the beginning and now it's kind of stopped and they're not using it, whether they'll come back because X has continued to kind of get worse and who knows what's going on there. I also wonder, just thinking about LinkedIn, but as well, a few tiny changes there if people will want a place. Li- LinkedIn, I love LinkedIn and I feel like it's more kind of engaged and interactive than it ever has been before. But it's very, very image and video focused, which I think is great. I think it suits that. So whether threads might increase the popularity where people still want that engagement, but don't want to have to feel like they need to post so much image or video. I don't know. I I'm actually going to slightly change the subject
0: by going back to LinkedIn. And I just want to say that I'm really angry at LinkedIn. So LinkedIn, if you're listening, which probably you're not. I'm, I'll I'm, tell you why. I Angry. What would be a hangry hat? Let us know, dear listener, what would be a great hangry hat. I want to know that. Just just sliding out wild comments. DMs, not threads one, obviously. (laughs) Or anywhere else. Uh, Anyway, um, angry LinkedIn, why? Because everybody has been saying carousels are disappearing. And I'm like, and at first I'm like, panic. And then I'm like, oh, God's sake. Because carousels on LinkedIn are not carousels because the carousels on LinkedIn as PDF are documents, and the carousels, at least from what I understood, unless I really got it wrong, is that carousel feature that nobody gave a damn about. The five people used, and they're like, "We're going to delete those old ones." And I'm like, "It's okay, it's fine." I mean, it's yeah. confusing, and I think that's that's what's been making me angry. Is like, again, I think it's less LinkedIn's fault and more the fact that everybody else has been using carousels as these documents PDF, so. There's this sheer panic and like people using this as a little clickbaity headline and then I look and I'm like every single time I'm like, oh my god, are they deleting the option to the PDFs? Because they're actually quite good as that carousel style thing. And I'm like, no, they're not. They're talking about something else. And I was like, I'm confused.
1: So I think yeah. I'm just angry because I'm <laughs> I'm angry because I'm confused. I I'm there with you. When I first saw it, I was like, What? Why would they get rid of this? But then you're completely right. They're just getting rid of the sort of alternate version which i don't really get what the point was to begin with because we'd all been using if we wanted to do a carousel post we were all using pdfs the other one seemed a bit like oh but why would i change my process now i do think though there's something to be said for linkedin's communication around it a it's made you angry so i think that says something and the confusion and what are they actually doing but also when they launched it again the confusion of the name like why Why kind of introduce something that already existed? Because when you look at it like that, no wonder they're getting rid of it. We already have the feature, so they just duplicated it completely unnecessarily. But also, I feel like LinkedIn has a lot of good things where they highlight, uh, you know, different authors and you can get like featured voices and so on. I feel like they could probably do the equivalent if they wanted to introduce a new type of content. A lot of their current activity is towards like the written form surely surely they could do that with you know doesn't matter now we have rid a bit but carousels (laughs) or even video or even just I don't know I feel like they're missing a trick there with how to potentially get sort of you know power users a bit more involved if they are going to launch new features because maybe that's where why it went wrong you know a how they communicated it you know becoming a feature and then getting rid of it and we're all left thinking, "What? Well, what just happened?" But also, if they're gonna do something like that, get some some people using it and sharing about it and showing it, and make that will make other people go, "Oh, that looks really good. I'm engaged. I'll give it a go too." I think I think we need to just run LinkedIn. I think that's that's the next step, to be honest.
0: I mean, it will be great. <laughs> I don't know if we have the bandwidth either of us. What we just said about reclaiming time and me being True. tired. To actually do that. But, you know, LinkedIn, if, if you want to have us there for being your advisory board, I think we pretty much took the liberty to uh, offer this to everybody else. <laughs> yeah, we can come and help. what One thing I'll say, though, I mean, I was angry at that. But then, you know, LinkedIn has been doing a couple of things, including you talked about top voices. I want to talk about one type of top voice. um But also, you know, they actually added new accessibility options, which I think is really nice in the way that they're doing it again because of the written form being so big on LinkedIn. So they're actually making sure that there is something like like an immersive reader. So actually they are going to facilitate more things like text to speech and translation and kind of better ways to actually um, digest or think about the word and consume the content, which is obviously linked to the fact that they have grown. So there's a lot more content that's been shared year on year from 2021 all the way to today. So I understand that's the reason, but I do like that they've done that again. Could have shout about it? Yes. I think if anything, if you shout about it, it's just because you want to bring awareness to the fact that we need to think about making our content more accessible. And I think if the platforms tell us the little things they're doing first, then it encourages us to think about it. I always think about that first, but that's because of what I do and who I am. But not everybody does. And that's okay if they have to build it as a practice. So again, it's kind of like, yes, LinkedIn, but maybe you could have talked about it a bit more. And even things like um, knowing that there's so many people looking for jobs the top choice option. I don't know if you knew about that one when it comes to job applications. Did you know about that one?
1: No, tell me what. So basically,
0: uh, they introduced a top choice, which is similar to top voices, job application option, and this helps candidates applying. Because honestly, for each and every job on LinkedIn, you see 300 people applying, Mm. you know, and it can be a lot. And so um, within the easy apply process, which Again, I'm not sure it's the best way to apply with the easy apply. What they're doing now is that they can actually, uh, premium users can select the top choice job box, which basically makes them more, you know, excuse me, more applicable to obviously their recruiters as well. This is obviously has to be kind of fitting within like the job itself. So it's not just like they can almost buy it. They can request it and then they can be spotlighted if they fit the right skills and stuff. It has its pros and cons. First of all, is only for premium users. Secondly, you know, how are the skills actually defined? So is it actually comprehensive in a way? Um, I find it interesting as an effort. I don't know if yeah. it's gonna help or not, but I think it's an interesting effort, but I can see it working both ways, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. That would be interesting to see. And I think uh, there's, yeah. you've opened a lot of questions in my head there, because thinking about that side of LinkedIn, Obviously, they have the sort of recruitment tools, but from the other way around, when somebody is applying, I do think maybe there could be something, maybe this is why they're doing it, to make it feel a little bit more, I suppose, accessible. And I know we've just been talking about accessibility, but accessible in a different way. You mentioned there, like when you see 300 applicants, for example, I think that could be quite off-putting. And there's somebody, I wish I could remember her name. I think her name is Lauren Spearman on TikTok. I don't know if you've seen her. And she's been talking a lot recently about she was using LinkedIn to try and find a job and how some people don't include like the salary in the job description. And I think that combined with when you see lots and lots of applicants, it can make somebody feel, well, why should I, you know, why should I bother? Or I might go through this huge process and then find out that actually I'm not a good fit. So I feel like LinkedIn, who, you know, usually is one of our favorite platforms, should should seek this opportunity and make it kind of just streamline that process a bit more so there's there's less, I suppose, opportunity to like waste time on either side, you know? Highlight the best candidates, the most suited. Make those best candidates want to apply as well. Yeah.
0: Lots I mean, there's something to be said. <laughs> I love what you mentioned that. I wanted to say there's something to be said about the fact that also if we step back and we think that maybe part of the problem is also the fact that there is a lot of people looking for jobs and opportunities and maybe not enough opportunities. So I'm just going to say we're not asking anything to solve all of that. I appreciate that there's also that, you know, there's also that as um, as a variable to think about. But I agree with what you said and it's really interesting that it's been pointed out as well more than once. We actually did our networking event which has some free spots every month so if you want to network with fellow marketers and i was in one of the breakout rooms and we were talking about uh some students shout out to you know people that joined us in that breakout room and we were talking about there might be any questions about starting out in marketing which was nice because usually we tend to speak to the same marketers like which is great like more experience, maybe people with their own jobs but it was nice to have marketers that were just like i'm new i'm trying to figure out what i want to do and you know they were literally asking what can i do to stand out because i feel there's such a such a sea of people to get through. Um, so I love that you mentioned that as well because I think it's something that LinkedIn can look at, you know, and figure out as well how to make it different and how to help and I think encourage newer. And the thing is, we have the newer marketers or the newer people that are looking for jobs, and then we also have a whole wave of people that have been either let go off or they're trying to find new opportunities. So I think when you know, it's it's a really hard, hard market at the moment. Yeah. That said, I still want to go on to LinkedIn because. Dear Becca and dear listener, we're moving to a new and uh, today's lots of new things. a uh, special part of the class. I know, right? Uh, because we give you lots of things to think about and lots of conversations, but we have a special part of our class which is called lesson in action. Since we're a school and we, you know, we talk about class a lot. Uh, this is one little section when I want to give you a practical marketing idea to try out for yourself. And this week, I was thinking about something that we have done. So trying to think about something that we have done or something that we've seen and talked about within our student community as well. This is something that we've done and uh, something that I've done. And I want to hear your opinion, Becca. So it's about something that my friend Raz as well was like, are you doing this? And I said, "Ahead of you. LinkedIn and collaborative articles. What are they and should we look at them? Since we talked about top voices on the pod, I thought I'd mention this too. The short of it is collaborative articles are built upon AI, I still believe, so don't quote me on it. But the whole idea is that they kind of cluster different topics within different areas like digital marketing, copywriting. And the whole idea has been to roll it out as a way for people to share their own input or a specific topic like how to, I think I contributed to how to get started in your marketing career. And then it gives you different prompts and different people can contribute. And if you get chosen or selected, I mean, they say if you contribute to three articles, but I think it has to be either liked or like a, a good contribution, I think, on articles of one specific area or topic, then you can get a badge of a top voice in within that area. And let's be honest, we like badges. It's a <laughs> bit of cred, right? That's how they're doing it as well. Yeah, like It's a it. bit of cred. And um, what you do as well, if you start contributing, then um, LinkedIn will send you recommendations of other articles to contribute as well. I've had a couple of people following me and liking some of my little snippets of contribution from the back of it. I'm still fighting my chance to get my little um, top voice by actually giving some good advice. I want to see if I can do it. But I want to try it. There's a couple of pros and cons, and then I want to hear your opinion back up. The first thing about as a pro is obviously it can be good for exposure. Whether we like it or not, reading top voices in the community or top community voice, whatever that might be, still gets a bit of extra authority and credibility from people, whether we like it or not. A bit like a blue tick. Um, One of the cons that I want to mention before I hear your opinion is that one of the cons is that it still is a bit of a practice. And I don't know if you're going to keep the top voice, if you have to keep contributing to do it, how long is going to take you to do it? Because again, I think there has to be some quality control. So... It sounds good, but it's not just like you write down a couple of sentences and you're done. And so it is still time. So is it worth it? We'll see if I get there as well. But I found it was exciting. And I think it's something that everybody can do if you want to try on LinkedIn. It's something that you can easily do uh, by using collaborative articles as well.
1: What are your thoughts? Well, I I quite like it. And I think it's the same as you really on my list of things that I want to try and aim for. But I do feel like there's, I suppose I'm putting pressure on myself to be a perfectionist about it. And if I saw one of the things, I'd be like, oh, I want to think about this, write some notes, be very like selective and succinct with what I then contribute. So I think that might be a barrier, certainly for me, but also other people as well. It sounds like we're quite similar in that way of wanting to make sure that what you do contribute is good because ultimately you do want it to be valuable and helpful for other people. I think one of the other good things about it though is hopefully it will give some gentle encouragement to uh, perhaps people who are using LinkedIn but don't say much very often perhaps because they don't know what to talk about or again it could be a time thing but maybe in a different way. You know, They don't want to spend time thinking about the prompt as it were and I know one of the Biggest things that I talk about at the moment with clients is, you know, writing thought leadership posts on LinkedIn and the benefits that, that can give you. And even if you've got a really healthy company page, it's so important to have a good presence from individuals as well. And I think this could really nicely tie into that. And again, take away some of that sort of barrier, as it were. If somebody goes, well, what, what should I talk about though? This could just, you know, solve that problem quite easily. Um, do you know what? We do all love badges and I and I would like one. That's me, it's like, oh, he... <laughs> that's how they get us, god
0: damn it! That's me how too. they get us. That's what I'm going to say. Um, one of the things that, first of all, thank you for mentioning that, because one of the things that you may re- reflect on about as well is that if you are kind of collecting those contributions and I would say even repurposing them for your own content, that can be another great idea as well. It can be a starter for your own post. So that's the other thing, especially if you're spending some time of it. It doesn't mean that it has to be the only thing you do. It can be a kickstart for something. Uh, If you want to check out for yourselves, by the way, you go to linkedin.com slash advice. I figured out the link. I was trying to figure out the URL. Um, And then you can find a whole list. You have to be logged in, but you can find a whole list. There's lots, almost too many, in my opinion, but I understand why areas. And like angles that you can take, like gazillion skills, They're basically tied on skills ish. And then if you click on the individual post based on what you like, again the gamification as well. You will see different people that are the top contributors for that post. So that's again where people can like like and stuff. So basically, then you show up, and it's just like it's an element of discoverability. So I think yeah. it's really clever in that respect. So there is a lot of power within that. But I agree with you. I'm the same. I think the most important thing we can do is, you know, being kind to ourselves and just, you know, try it and not be too hung up on the perfectionist trick, which is easier said than done. I know. Yeah. <laughs> so that's something that you want to try. Please go ahead and try it this week and see how you go or next week. Obviously, if you're listening on Friday, you're like, Fab, it's a bit too late. Um, and let us know what you think. Obviously, you can always find us on LinkedIn as well. That might be how we are um uh, segueing for the end. Before we end, I also want to say that, uh, dear listener, I've spoken to Becca for eons, eons, and eons, years, and I only met her last week in real life. So if you do actually see her on LinkedIn, you will see our faces squished together yeah. uh, with her book, Just Socialize.
1: <laughs> Socialize. <laughs> it's not socialized,
0: but I like to call it socialized. I don't know what happened there. So it was really, really nice. And meeting you in real life was awesome. So I'm really happy about that. And we even uh drew I think I think we drew on mini golf. We were both yeah, joined we, seconds were ran way.
1: Yeah, we were. That was so cute. I loved it as well. Because what Fab hasn't said is when I walked in, I completely blanked you to begin with. Cause I was like, Coffee, 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 coffee. <laughs> and you found me and I was like, Oh my god. I mean, if you hear somebody
0: that you're not sure, I mean, she knows my voice, but you haven't she hasn't she wasn't looking at me, right? So I was behind there just shouting, babes, 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 like a weirdo. <laughs> and, uh, and she was like, I'm going to ignore these random voices there are around me because I need coffee. And then she turned around, she was like, It's you. And I was like, <laughs> So it was uh, uh, the most adorable and more random so meat cute you'll ever see, <laughs> which I absolutely love. I Absolutely love. Aww. So if people want to find out more about that, apparently, and other things that you are up to, in the coming week or so, or more, where should they go? Remind them again of where they can say hi.
1: You can come find me and make me jump over coffee if you really want to. If it's an in-person event, um, <laughs> at Becca's social on all of platforms, even the bad one called X. So, you know, don't expect me to reply very quickly there. by I am tech. I love that. And I want to say before we
0: leave as well, Becca's going to be joining us at time of. Listening next week. So, if you listen a bit too late, it might be gone by then. But it's going to join us for an amazing panel about accessibility as well next week. So, if you want to uh, get one of the free tickets that we have for that, you go to slash event. And there you can find the list of the events for November. And it's the one for next Tuesday, so the 21st of November. So, if you want to join us, that's timely. Uh, You can join us there. She's going to be joining uh, one of our um, graduates for our certification, Lewis, and they're going to talk about all good things, accessible social and marketing as well. And in the meantime, as always, especially this week, because I think we're all being a bit like um, the little dog in the office on fire. Please be kind to yourself and others. And remember that true marketing also speaks to hearts, not just minds. And until next time, class dismissed.